Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live, as always, from the Offices of Lives and Balance in Portland, Maine, with another of the weekly edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I have begun doing this program with my co-host, Susie. Susie, how are you today? Good, thank you. Good morning. Um, It's a nice, crisp fall morning here in the Northeast. How is it in the... uh, Midwest. Do you count as the Midwest? Uh, no, we're upstate New York, so we're in the Northeast. You count as the Northeast? Yeah, yeah, we do. That's well, actually, things are things are great here. Um, our football team is staying in town, and uh, they won yesterday. Hey. And your football team is winning even better still. That's going to take a little getting used to, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. How often do the Buffalo Bills sit at the top of the American Conference Eastern Division? Um, Well, they used to be up there, but uh, haven't been for a while. So we'll see if that lasts. You haven't played the Patriots yet. That's true. Actually, one of my resolutions is to pay less attention to pro football, um, but um, that's that's a story for a different day. Um, let me give everybody the call-in number again, because we already have a caller, and as people know, callers take priority on this program. We have many, many, many emails to get through as well, and we'll get through them as best we can. Um, but the call-in number is 347-994-2981. Shall we begin with our caller who's uh, waiting online here patiently? Absolutely. Here we go. Uh, Area code 303, you're on the air, and uh, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Uh, Hi, Dr. Green. Hi, Susie. Uh, Thanks thanks for having me on. um, I'm actually calling in from the trenches, if you will, to just tell you a little bit of a success story. Um, I've called in in the past. Just don't give us... Good. Just don't give us any identifying information or names, and we would be delighted to hear your success story. Yeah, so I was the father that called in probably close to two years ago about a son that was really violent towards himself, towards others. Um, we really kind of reached a point of desperation. Um, we wound up putting him on uh, Risperdone as a mood stabilizer. I, in fact, I think the, the show I called in, you said, hey, the drugs are working, uh, now the work begins. And, um, you know, I just, let me, let me just start by saying I, for a year and a half, did it very religiously, kept the notes, you know, did, did the LSUP, did the paperwork, started to do it every Tuesday with my son. He wanted to schedule the collaborative problem solving. Um, it's about two years later. He hasn't had a meltdown in a year. He is thriving. He is on one-third of the Risperdone he was on at that time. And we're working towards that goal of tapering completely off. And I, I think it's in the near future. And, um, you know, I just 
wanted to express to parents out there too the, the amazing transformation you go through um, as a parent and as a family through this too. It's not just changing your child's behavior. Um, it is so much changing the, the way you see things, the, the prism through which we see our child. And um, it, uh, it has really been amazing. But I, um, and I want to tie this to a caller that called uh, last week about sports and her son playing sports. And I think it was only this last week that I realized the full transformation of my child because when he was going through all this trauma, all this, this difficulty, and he was – he was an avid hockey player who loved it and was talented at it, but he didn't have the skills anymore to play. And he quit that sport two years ago, and he never put on skates again. And uh, this year he was going to try it, just go play at a, you know, the house level at the YMCA. And, we, and I thought this was the most amazing thing, that he could feel that he had the skills that he was ready to do this again, to confront his demons. And, you know, the long story short is they asked him, well, do you, you come in for the, you know, house team or are you going to try out for travel? And he's like, well, if I try out for travel, can I turn it down? And they're like, yeah, he made the travel team. <laughs> we found out he made the elite travel team. And then the oh, coach my. told him yesterday, you know, you're going to center a line for me. And he is so much himself again, it just feels like, that was a turning point of like, wow, he, he's come full circle. And, you know, afterwards I talked to him about it. I said, Tanner, I'm so proud of you for what you did here, you know, and this is never going to be the same. We are different parents. You're a different kid. This is a different coach. We're going to make sure this is a success, you know. And I did. I went to the coach and I said, Here's the, you know, my child has these issues. If he can't make a practice, we're going to miss it. I mean, is that okay with you? And he, he was very willing and supportive. And um, so, you know, just to let the parent know, don't, don't worry. I think what you said, wait till his skills are there. Wait till he can walk into that room and face disappointment or face the fears. And, um, you know, it, it happens. It happens in due time for good reason. But, um, um, you know, I got to say, I've, I'm floored and just moved and I – feel like it has come full circle. This is a happy, excited boy that the other day told me seventh grade is the best ever dad, and he's doing well in school. He's got hockey again. He's got, you know, friends and no temper, and oh, it's, it's remarkable. Um, you know, and I, I guess there's one other thing. I mean, I wanted to follow this up. You know, I, I haven't been doing the, the paperwork and the uh, – the scheduled ones so much anymore, but it has become a part of our lifestyle. And is that something that happens? I mean, do you recommend I try to get back more on a regularly scheduled? I mean, I almost have no issues with him anymore. Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for calling in. I do remember your voice and situation from a while back. Yeah. Um, I'm really delighted for you. I got to tell you, there are not many calls that make my jaw drop anymore. But you have managed. <laughs> um, I'm just really delighted 
for you that you've got your son back and that you're enjoying each other and that, in your words, he's thriving. Um, for, so- for somebody who is a professional helper, there's nothing better. But uh, Susie's a helper, too, in the form of a parent. Parents are helpers, too. I'll let her speak for herself. But knowing Susie well, I'm sure she is perhaps even more delighted for you than I am. To your question, and then we'll let Susie speak for herself, of course. To your question, um, you know, once you've solved a lot of problems, there may not be any left. And (sighs) once you get in the mode of solving problems collaboratively and proactively, you solve them when they come up, and um, sometimes there may not be a list needed anymore. So, yeah, that's a nice spot to be in. If you're not <laughs> feeling like you need a list, then you seem to have made one heck of a dent in the in the old list. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, even, like, the first thing we noticed was this empathy. It's just towards other children, towards, you know, it's like all these things that he lacked. The, the black and white thinking isn't even there so much anymore. Um. You know, even he told me the other day, we, had, we really did have an awful coaching experience that brought some of the end to it, but he's like, Dad, he's always talked bad about the coach. He goes, I'm ready to move on. Hmm. And, um, you know, we have moved on. It's, um, and then I just want to share another little anecdote that I thought was really cute. Uh, we have a neighbor that has probably as many problems as Tanner. Oh, it was my son. Sorry. Um, and... Uh, we were at the parents' house the other day, and the dad was correcting this girl for, like, little things. Like, there will be consequences later, and my wife and I are staring at each other. Mm. And later in, in the course of dinner, he's, our language uh, talking about kids was such that he went into the room and he came out with your book. Mm. And he said, do you know this book? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he goes, yeah, the, the way you speak, the language you use made me think you're doing this. And I said, yeah, we're... Uh, you know, kind of told him the success story. And he goes, I feel like such a jerk now because I did everything that Dr. Green says not to do. You know, I was worried about what you guys thought of me, so I said that stuff about consequences. Um, and it goes to show, you know, that that is true. I think so many parents do worry about that. You know, there's, um, you've got to move past that. You've got to. And the other little helpful advice I'll give any parent is if you cannot word an adult can- Oops, we lost him. Oh, no. Well, let's see if I can check my board here. Uh, well, hopefully he'll call back in. Boy, what a touching call. Great story. You've um, lived it and come through it. What we have. Think? Uh Well, just that I truly believe that the model saved the life of my son and uh, the model taught us how to collaborate with our child and indirectly teach the skills that he was so badly lagging. Um, I thought it was interesting the way the father was saying, they, He's back, by the way. But keep oh, going. great. Okay. Why don't you 
put him on. Uh, Dad, we're 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 listening to Sue. I don't know what happened to you, but we're Susie's thinking a little bit about how your situation and her situation compare. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't want to interrupt her. Keep going. Um, I thought it was interesting the way that you changed your perception, the way that you see things, and uh, focused as a family problem, um, not just your child's problem so that you discard conventional wisdom and you were able to change your perception, um, that's when you're able to repair relationships and help. Um, It's a skill-building process. There's no magic pill. But as we, uh, I think Dr. Green said last week, the magic comes in working it out with your child and um, figuring out a solution that addresses both parties' concerns. Uh, Collaborative and proactive solutions does become a way of life. It it becomes second nature to you. So uh, I understand that part of what you're saying as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's been great. I don't I don't know when I got cut off was I, I was mentioning um my neighbor and him coming down with Dr. Green's book and um yeah, but it is it's this I forget what my train of thought even was on that, but yeah, it's um it's it's it is profound. It is amazing and um yeah, more than anything I just wanted to say thank you and let people know out there that you can go from the worst-case scenario to really the best-case scenario. We are delighted for you, and um, don't be a stranger. You're still allowed to call in even if uh, things are going well, just like you did today. Yeah. And, we're, and we are... And, and I, you know, I, I love that your show's back on the air because it's, I listen to it religiously, and it's, you know, it's good to hear from others and to remind, just to have those reminders of what you need to keep doing right, you know? That's why and, we do it. I know. And uh, well, thank you. Thanks again. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you so much for calling, and, and good luck. I, I hope that it continue to go well. Sometimes, just to let you know, sometimes things are going well, and then you hit bumps in the road. But um, that makes you like every other parent. So um, I'm glad you got things on track. Ah, thank you, Doctor Green. Thanks for calling. You bet. Take care. Boy, nothing more powerful than um, seeing things go better with your kid. Uh, you know, that's what almost every parent, you know, every parent I know would um, pick having things go well for their kid over just about everything else. Um, so when it finally happens, it's a pretty cool thing. Now, Susie, we are popular today. We have two callers waiting on the line now, so we may not get to any email today, though we'll do our best. But here we go. Are you ready for another one? Ready. Here we go. Area code 323, you're on the air. How are you today? I'm okay, thank you. I wanted What's to, on your uh, mind? Try not well, to use any names or identifying information. Go ahead. Okay, well, I don't have the success of that previous caller because uh, we're new to this, um, but it was really terrific to hear um, but I, what I did want to share with you is that it's something that I thought was very beautiful. Um, 
we, I, I have found over the last few years that, that there's like really an isolative quality to having a child with these kind of challenges. You know, I, I find that I, I don't talk about it much with many of my friends, with many other families, because um, it, it's, a, it's a very sensitive topic, and I find that if people don't respond in the most supportive way, then it's, or if, if, if I sense any kind of judgment or anything, then I really would shut down. So I really don't talk about our child very much, but I have one friend that I do talk about it with, and we just started um, the, using the model over the summer, and I was sharing with her a little bit about the model, just sort of describing it. And then the next time that I spoke to her, I was again, you know, she was asking me how things were going, and I was telling her a little bit about the process, and she said, oh, you mean you've been using Plan B? And I said, how did you know that? So she had, she had gotten the book and has been reading it, and I, I think it's really to support me in this. And I, I just thought that that was really incredible. And um, I just wanted to share that with you. I thought that, you know, as a parent who feels sort of, you know, we're sort of out there in a different world than a lot of other families, it felt uh, pretty amazing. So I wanted to, to let you know, and I feel like in, in this process, there's probably nothing that a friend could do that would be more incredibly encouraging mm. and supportive than, than getting your book and reading it along with me and, you know, knowing the terminology and really being part of the process. So I wanted to share that with you. I'm glad you did. Susie, I'm going to let you uh, chime in here. Well, I'm so glad um, that you that you brought up the book, The Explosive Child. Um, it's in its fifth edition, and I also have started rereading it. Um, it's my favorite book, I must say. Um, but that was very cool that your friend um, did that to support you. Yes. Um, I guess Susie, I will ask... Thoughts? A- well, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, I guess I, I guess I will ask a question while I'm on the phone with you, um, and that is that I have not yet filled out that assessment of lagging skills uh, and unsolved problems. What we've been doing, uh, well, if we first started doing a lot of C, which was really um, encouraging and helpful to sort of be given permission in some ways to drop some of these issues and um, kind of live our lives and try to connect with our child rather than fighting. And um, So we've been doing a lot of C, and we've been, I guess what, I think your word for it was cherry-picking, which has had his helpfulness, and even just shifting our perspective has been helpful. But I know that we need to complete that form. And I, every time I've looked at it, it has just felt like such a daunting task, um, you know, because there are so many issues. I wonder if you had any suggestions for, you know, getting started on that. Um, I do have one. Are you ready? Yes. Call in to next Monday's program, first thing, and we'll walk you through it for 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. That's really a lovely offer. Um, That offer's always there. That's why we do this program. The only um, downside of doing this program is that it's, you know, you're... um, other people are listening in, but other people will benefit from us walking you through the ALSIP. What, here's the nice thing I can tell you. While looking at the ALSIP can feel daunting and overwhelming, and while 
seeing what a long list of unsolved problems you have and how many lagging skills you've checked off can be equally overwhelming. What I find is that right after that overwhelming part, people start feeling less overwhelmed because they now at least finally have a list of the things that they could be working on and then of the problems they could be busy solving. And then they prioritize them, and then they say to themselves, all right, so here's the ones we're not working on right now. That's plan C. And it sounds like you've begun doing that, and you've seen what plan C can do for people. Um, Here's the ones we're going to be working on using plan B. So it's actually very organizing, and um, I find for a lot of people it makes them feel less overwhelmed to finally have a list and to finally know which items on the list they're going to start focusing on and the rest they're going to drop. And that actually helps people feel a lot less overwhelmed. So I'm hoping that your feeling of being overwhelmed, and I, and I get it, um, and you're just at the beginning, so I'm, I'm very glad that you got to hear that dad call in because he was just at the beginning about two years ago. Um, and uh, he had a tough. He was in a tough spot with his son. Uh, my my recollection is that things were really tough. Um, he did it. I'm betting you can do it. If you call in next, here's 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 the deal. I'm gonna. I don't know if you have time, but I want to take this other caller. If you want to hold on, we okay. may be able to give you a jump start after we're done with this caller. I just don't know how long that's going to take. So. We'll either do it at the end of this program and get you off to a good start, or we'll do it at the beginning of next. Sound like a deal? That sounds like a good idea, yes. I, I will eventually but, have to take my two-year-old to school closer to – But so if, we don't, if I'm not there, I will call back next week. Let, let, then let's, let's do it next week, and we'll do email this week, because it sounds like this might not be the ideal time. I did want to hold you – I just did want to keep you for two more minutes, though. Okay. Because I know that Susie, as a parent – has undoubtedly felt the isolation part that many parents feel who have a behaviorally challenging kid. As I've sometimes said, there's nothing worse. Well, there are worse things, but there are few things worse in our society than um, how people feel judged for having a kid who's behaviorally challenging. I think it's getting better, but we're, we're not where we need to be yet. Um, and so the isolation part is a big part. Um, any thoughts on that, Susie, in terms of um, how you dealt with it? Um, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was uh, writing that down as well. Um, I just somehow found determination and strength from within myself. Um, But I also got support from our therapist. Um, You have support through this program and through the uh, Lives in the Balance website, but perhaps from a friend or a clergy person, a relative, that those um those helped um, I know your family is different 
one's family looks different than um, the average, quote, regular family um, because the child is having um, lagging skills and unsolved problems. That's uh, probably what I wanted to say. Here's some more good news. Lies in the Balance is making some headway on starting a parent support group. And we hope that we'll be able to announce the format of that within by the beginning of the year. Um, so we hope we have more to offer you moving forward. And um, we do, I do hope you'll call back at the beginning of next week and we'll walk you through the ALSEP. How old is your child, by the way? She's 10. Got it. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like... Um, you got quite a handful, and that you're feeling pretty overwhelmed right now. Yeah, <laughs> that um, that is for sure. Um, and I, I want to just say, say one more thing that has uh, touched me, though, about this process um, is that I first started reading the book, um, your book, treating the um, emotional, the explosive child, because I, I had bought it year, many, many years ago, probably eight or nine years ago, and that was just sort of sitting on my shelf. That's actually how I came to you. And there was a part in the book where you talked about um, when a family comes in, that I think, and if I say it wrong, please correct me, but something about how you found that was so critical that the parent be believed, that when they described their child's challenges, that they needed to feel believed, and that, that struck me as so unbelievably true, because the different therapists that we've met with and different, I mean, we've just been through so, you know, some, a lot of, a series of therapists and people who have tested our daughter, and, um, and there is this feeling of you know, she, she presents as though she's like any other child, and they're really not going to get how bad it really is. And I, I find that with the school as well. I mean, she's, she does pretty well at school. They think we're crazy. I mean, they think she's, she's fine. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that sense of this is different. This is a different league of a child. You know, this is a different category. And I, I have two other kids who, you know, have some, you know, every once in a while hit some challenges, but it's not, it doesn't even come close. Like, it, it is a whole different ball game. So um, that struck me as very real, too, like that. And, that, and, that, and that's also the piece of that isolative piece is, do people really believe that I, my ch- kid has challenges or they think I'm just sort of complaining or I don't know how to parent her well, you know? So. Well, the, the, the you don't know how to parent her well part would be an assumption, and it's not an uncommon one. Um, and so one of the things parents of behaviorally challenging kids have to become accustomed to is, um, quite frankly, not giving a rat's you-know-what about what other people think because um, unless other people have a behaviorally challenging kid, they haven't walked in your shoes and they really don't know about your life and about your kid. And that's very, a very hard thing to deliver in a soundbite uh, at the supermarket. Um, so if, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I know some MDs and attorneys who watch TV shows that are about MDs and attorneys and who watch those shows and can barely watch them because they find that it's so um, fabricated, so artificial, and doesn't really reflect what, what their profession is really like. Police officers will say the same thing. It's not like that, right? 
Um, so you're kind of in a similar boat um, with people who haven't walked in your shoes and therefore cannot relate uh, to what you're going through. But um, I think every therapist's mantra should be um, 99.999% of the time, people aren't trying to get an appointment to make things up. Right. Um, so if, if a parent is uh, coming in and telling you how bad life is in their household, um, they ain't making it up. It's the real McCoy. Um, even if the kid looks great in other environments, that's not a reason to blame the parent for the fact that the kid does not look great in their environment. There are gazillions of other explanations for why a child may be behaviorally challenging at home and not outside the home besides that the parents don't know what they're doing. So it's a, it's a tough road, but um, at least you know that you're not alone and that there are lots and lots of folks out there who are in the exact same boat that you are. That's why we're going to get a parent support group going. Terrific. I would look forward to that. Let's let you get your other child off to school and okay. um, do call in at the beginning of the program next week and we'll help you out. Thank you so much, Dr. Green. You bet. Thanks for Thank calling. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, wow. Shall we move on to email? Absolutely. This one's going to resonate. Excuse me, just for one second. I I just wanted to add one last thing to um, that last conversation. One of the most important things that I learned from the model was learning to trust your instincts and listen not only to yourself but to your child. And um, that, that took some time. But once you do, um, things go a whole lot better. I'll take it. Um, You know, there are many parents who have the instinct that there's something different about their kid. Mm -hmm. And then they tell people that they think there's something different about their kid and they describe what's been going on. And amazingly enough, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that people don't believe them, which is not very validating, Um, or come up with some explanation or why this parent is in the uh, fix that they're in, when in fact um, you can get away with regular old parenting with a regular old kid, but if you're blessed with a behaviorally challenging one, it's um, you got a horse of a different color, and you're on a completely different playing field. Now our caller who was holding on and then disappeared is back. So we're going to we're going to once again prioritize callers here and take another call. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Area code 620. What's on your mind today? Hi Dr. Green. I've called before. Hi Susie. Hi. I'm doing great today. I am um I hung up because I was hoping that you would start with the LSEP with that mom that just called in. And so I'm back Uh, calling just to steal a few minutes here. I guess um, in comparison to the two callers so far today, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mm -hmm. also have a seventh grader 
um, that, um, as you say, Dr. Green, I'm blessed with a behaviorally, behaviorally challenging child and uh, came across your book and your website. It's been almost two years, um, and uh, I started utilizing Plan B with great success early on. My husband came on board a few months later. We are still trying to get to school and have a big uh, team meeting coming up at the end of the week, so I'm excited to give everybody a copy of the ALSEP and come up with some unsolved problems. So that's a little bit of context there. My question um, today has to do with a few of the unsolved problems that you feel we can tackle at home currently. And uh, just a question to you, Dr. Green, about when the solution that you put in place doesn't quite solve the problem. Um, and then you have to go back and uh, redo another Plan B conversation and, and find another solution. Um, talk to me a little bit about that because I'm, I'm struggling with my son who's kind of picked up on the fact that we're going back to the same Plan B and coming up with some new solutions. And he's losing patience, shall we say, hmm. with that just a little bit. Um, so I just would like to hear you speak a little bit in general about reapproaching a Plan B solution. Well, the basic idea is that if a solution isn't working, um, it's because of a few potential factors. Possibility number one, um, the solution wasn't as realistic as we thought it was. We thought that both parties could do the solution they agreed to, um, but they really couldn't, so we got to go back to the drawing board. Possibility number two, the solution wasn't as mutually satisfactory as we thought it was. We thought it addressed the concerns of both parties, but it didn't. And we need to go back and dig for that a little bit more and find out what it was about the solution that either was unrealistic or didn't address a concern that we knew about. And possibly number three is that there were concerns that we didn't know about um, because we only did Plan B once, and we came up with a solution based on the concerns we knew about, but that solution could not possibly have addressed the concerns we didn't know about. And so um, those are the three possibilities. Um, so that requires gathering more information right. because we need to find out, is it because we can't do, one, of, one or both of us can't do the solution we agreed to, is it because the solution didn't address some of the concerns that we identified? Are there other concerns that we didn't know about? Okay. And so that puts us back into information gathering mode. And while, yes, the main activity eventually is to come up with a new solution, the main activity in the beginning is to talk about why the original solution doesn't seem to be getting the job done. Now, right. why might a kid lose patience with that process? First, let me ask you, do you have any hints from your son about what it is about the process he's losing patience with? Yes, I think personally, well, you know, he's mentioned, he said, Mom, too many Plan Bs. We're doing too many Plan Bs. And so I, I think between what's been happening at school, because I don't have the school 100%, uh, with CPS, um, 
here at home, we've just been kind of coded in emergent plan Bs as as we go. And my husband's still kind of learning this whole system, so he handles them quite emergently. I'm a little bit more proactive with it. So I think he's just getting a, a little bit uh, the process has become a little cumbersome because he, he's asked for plan Bs very often now. So, um, And the way that I'm seeing this is that we need to work as a, as a couple, as a family, and then as the team at school to really just prioritize those two or three. Assign them to who we're going to assign them to and let other things go for now until we get those priorities taken care of. I think that there's just too many of these conversations. And, and according to my son, that's what he says, oh, no, not another plan B. <laughs> mm. And that's not what I want to hear him say. No, not especially if in prior times he was asking for plan B. But I think you just hit the right. nail on the head. If you, if you had asked me um, for my number one thought for why he might now be less enthusiastic about plan B. You know, one of the number one it's great to have um everybody on board. But one of the risks in getting everybody on board and I'll, I'll take everybody on board over this risk any day of the week, but it's something to be <laughs> mindful of is that once you get everybody on board, everybody's going to have uh, unsolved problems that they want to add to the mix and sometimes the more adults you add to the mix who are on board, the more unsolved problems you add to the mix, and now we may be working on too many things at once. Right. So I am totally um, all over your thinking that maybe we are working on too many things at once and that we really do need to pare down the number of things we're working with him on to two or three. Right. Um, right. If it's gone beyond that. Um, at, no matter how well Plan B is going, people can only work on so many things at once. And so I think right. you might have hit the nail on the head. Susie, any thoughts on that? Um, no, I I just wrote the same thing, prioritizing two or three problems um, for the moment. And then as you knock off one or two, you can add another Right, and I've kind of been sensing this for for a, a little bit of time. I just hmm. hadn't heard it directly from him. He's been responding so well either to the to the conversation, the proactive conversation, and then, as I mentioned in the previous show, the empathy corner that we do where he just sits and dumps yep. out concerns, and I just empathize one after the other. That continues to work beautifully because... He, right as he's going to bed is when his brain decides he's worried about everything in the world. So as a lot of us have that problem. So he, that still works well. But with the uh, finding solutions, is still a difficult process for him. And um, so I just think he's becoming overwhelmed. But we're, you know, steady as she got my hand back on the wheel. So we're, <laughs> we're heading down this road together. Right. Well, and, and it and sounds like – go ahead, Susie, sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Plan B does take time. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, it uh, it just takes a while to to get the ball rolling, but it ends up saving time in the end mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. confrontations and meltdowns, you know, just take so much longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like that Dad, the first caller, his, his 
I think he said that his son asked for a once a week plan B or, or something like that. And maybe we'll go to a little schedule like that where we can't just come up with conversations all the time and um, and then we have to have our ducks in a row. So this is uh, this is helpful just to talk this through. Thank you. Our family you found bet. it very um, helpful to have uh, once a week or sometimes it was even twice a week meetings where we just focused on our concerns during that time instead of um, many times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we will we'll try to morph that into place so that he's not feeling like he's being badgered all the time for a little coffee. Hello. Oh, hello. Well, I'm sorry. No, um, I'm not sure if Dr. Green's there. Oh, okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, was there any... Oh. Susie? 